My local coffee shop is my Penn State World Campus classroom, giving me the full Penn State experience online. My Penn State classroom is getting me to where I want to be. Click on the ad or visit worldcampus.psu.edu to learn more. Dunkin's new wake-up go-tos mean you never have to choose between breakfast meats again. Now you can get a wake-up wrap with bacon and a wake-up wrap with sausage for $3. That's savory and sweet, crispy and spicy. It's everything you love about breakfast for $3. Wake up your day with new wake-up go-tos. Get two egg and cheese wraps for $2 or mix and match your favorite meats with two bacon, ham, sausage, or turkey sausage wraps for $3. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Exclusion apply. Limited time offer. Thanks for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. And welcome to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. I'm Stephen Jodrant. Joining me as always, Jake Petrova and Armand Gafai. This week, we talk about Minnesota United FC and Augustin Rossi, Austin FC, and streaming paywalls in soccer. Please make sure you follow the show on Twitter, Uncle Sam's Soccer Pod. Make sure you subscribe and leave us nothing but a five-star review. On today's episode, we welcome Peter Coates of GolasoArgentino.com. We discuss Augustin Rossi and other Argentinians linked with MLS. We also talk about the news we broke regarding Rossi's link with Minnesota and what it all means for MLS. Now, let's get to today's show. <laughs> Fellas, how we doing? Well, I'm not throwing up like last week, so I'm doing great. Oh, there you go. Jake? Fantastic. I'm, I, uh, you know, I'm here. I'm alive. Uh, you know, we're breathing, so couldn't be better. There we go. January twentieth, freezing here in Wisconsin. It's like ten degrees Fahrenheit. It's not fun. Wow. I wish. I wish it was ten degrees uh, <laughs> here today. Uh, it's a well. Well, I guess it's nine. I guess we're close. Never mind. All right. <laughs> <laughs> You're expecting it to be like negative I, it nine. It feels. It feels so much colder. It yeah. feels so much colder. Well, the sun is shining here, but let's get to the story regarding Minnesota United and Augustin Rossi. And this is really intriguing, uh, Jake and Armand, because there are so many different layers to this stuff uh, and this story in particular. I am so confused by just the agent himself and why Rossi is linked with him. But regardless, the players to the story. Now, Augustin Rossi is a 23-year-old uh, goalkeeper that plays for Boca Juniors, so obviously one of the biggest clubs in Argentina and one of the most well-known clubs in world football. He also played the first leg of the Boca River uh, Copa Libertadores final. He was on the bench for the second one. Uh, In 2017-2018, he played in uh, 36 games. He's conceded 28 goals, had 16 clean sheets. Now, Armand, are those good numbers? You're a numbers guy. Those decent numbers there, 36 games? Yeah, I mean, mean, they're pretty solid. I mean, if you get the nod, especially in the first leg of a big continental final. I mean, those are that's pretty good, right? Like, those are those are pretty good. Then you have Minnesota United FC. Now, Jake, your team here conceded over the last 
two seasons, 141 goals. So uh, goalkeeping is a need. Uh, January 12th, MLS transfer alerts tweets out Minnesota United FC will sign Boca Juniors goalkeeper Augustin Rossi on an 18-month loan. Minnesota will be able to purchase Rossi at the end of his loan. He was previously linked with FC Cincinnati. So, story develops there. Pioneer Press, two days later, talks about the interest. Uh, it's about an 18-month loan with an option to uh, buy for $12 million. Now, at, at, at the face of it, you would say there's not that much. Then you have these allegations of domestic abuse, violence, in which there are text messages from the ex. Uh, we're going to ask Peter more about these allegations because it, it seems uh, the details seem rather unclear. But the text messages and pictures are damning. Uh, Rossi uh, appears to be the culprit. So, you know, it's just not a good picture. It's not a good look. And, and we know with the current hashtag Me Too and all the allegations around superstars within, you know, soccer, but also in the NFL, NBA, and so forth that this is a real issue. So Augustin Rossi's agent, yeah, <laughs> Miguel Gonzalez-Zelada. Now, Eli Hoffa, SB Nation, puts this together, so got to give him the credit here. But uh, So this agent has really interesting dealings. Uh, a Paraguayan article in 2012 details a lawsuit filed against this agent alleging that he took more of his share of the transfer fee. And this is something that's happened in, in soccer all around. So that, that's not necessarily anything new. But in 2013, he received a three-month ban from all soccer-related activities by FIFA. Reason for the punishment is unclear. 2015, FIFA handed uh, an eighth-month ban and approximately a $20,000 fine for violating terms of his previous ban. And that's not where it ends. In 2018, there was an arrest warrant for this agent on fraud. Why Rossi is, you know, has him as his agent? Uh, you got to be questioning his judgment there. What are you talking about? He seems like a real salt of the earth kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds like a football agent for sure. Now, then you got the supporters group, Jake. Yeah, so the Minnesota United supporters group. Uh, Wander Wall released a statement uh, earlier earlier this week, essentially urging the club to rethink the move, uh, a potential move, I should say, of Augustine Rossi. Their their statement uh, went, Wander Wall stands for an inclusive, dynamic environment for fans to support Minnesota United FC. We're passionate about our support for the club that we love and the communities in which we operate. Recently, Minnesota United FC has been linked with Augustine Rossi who has had domestic violence allegations levied against him by a former partner. We urge Minnesota United FC to reconsider this potential transfer as this behavior is unacceptable and is not welcome in our community. That is from uh, Wonderwall, the supporters group. That's that's kind of where we stand right now with this whole, this whole mess. Well, that's where we stood yesterday. And then today, Jake and Armand, we reported that Minnesota United has moved on from Rossi and is indeed looking for a goalkeeper elsewhere. So it kind of breaks off everything. The question, the real question begins is there's a report in Argentina saying MLS stepped in. Did the supporters group have an effect? Minnesota United, we've reached out to them for a, a quote. Their policy, uh, as reported by Jeff Reuter, that 
Minnesota United will only comment on signed players. So how much we're going to get out of them on on record will be something that will be interesting to follow because a lot of these clubs like to stay private. A lot of these clubs want to keep all the secrets in. So, uh, But let, let's get to today's guest. Joining us right now is Peter Coach. You can follow him on the Twitter machine at Golasso Argentino. He is the owner of GolassoArgentino.com. We actually had him on the show a couple of weeks ago talking about Argentinian football. This time we'll talk about some different things. But Peter, how's it going? Very well, thanks. And uh, thanks again for having me back on. Peter, thanks so much for joining the show. Uh, one of the big talking points here up in Minnesota, that's where I'm based out of, is this potential loan of Boca Juniors goalkeeper Augustine Rossi to Minnesota United. Now, there's been some domestic violence allegations made against him over the past couple of years. Could you provide a little bit of background information or maybe give us some more details on kind of how these allegations came to be? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's worth pointing out as well. As far as I'm aware, he's never been charged with anything um but certainly the, the what came into the press must have been at least a year ago now quite a, a fair while ago um was that an ex-girlfriend posted pictures online um of of bruising and, and sort of the, the obvious effects of a fight and had accused Augustine Rossi as the perpetrator um I, I think he's sort of denied it um but it was obviously out there, um, and you know, from from the the news stories on it, it sounded as if the ex-girlfriend had a, a pretty good um, claim. So that's that's more or less all we know for sure. Because as I say, I, as far as I'm aware, there wasn't any sort of um, legal sort of proceedings. I don't think Rossi was charged with anything. Um, and then since then, he's kind of gone on and over the past year for, for much of the last year he was Boca's number one um, so that's the situation and then obviously since this move's come to light and Minnesota's supporters groups have been made aware of the allegations so they've obviously come out with quite a strong stance to say that they don't want someone like that at the club so that's more or less all we know for sure Yeah Peter I mean here in America there's been a lot evolving around domestic violence, sexual assault, obviously with the Me Too movement, but just in general with professional athletes. And for a while, it seemed like soccer or football internationally had been quite quiet on the issue. And then you have the Cristiano Ronaldo thing come up. In in light of that, how did Argentina and how did Boca respond to these allegations? And for Rossi going forward, do you think this is going to impact wherever he moves, if it goes into Europe or if... He moves to America or another league. Um, I mean, I w- it, it's sort of come out of the blue slightly because it's not like a new. It's it's quite an old story here, so it, it kind of almost been blown over. But Boca didn't seem to make too much um, of a deal of it at the time. I'm assuming they held some internal inquiry into it, but it didn't re- seem to really affect Rossi's position at the club. As I say, he still played a large part in 2018 um, and obviously he, right at the tail end of the year he, he actually played in the first leg of the um, Copa Libertadores final um, which was well after this this news story so 
that didn't seem to have affected it. Boca certainly, um, as part of, as they've been negotiating this loan, have kind of come out quite publicly and sort of said that he's still considered their goalkeeper for the future. And I think um, this loan wasn't sort of Boca trying to get rid of him in any way or shipping him out. It seemed as if it was just a case of, look, we, we went out and signed a more experienced number one, but we still consider Rossi's quite an important part going forward. So um, the fact that we emerged because of this loan move in Argentina was was kind of out of the blue somewhat. So it's difficult to say whether that will, it will now um, be a factor in his career moving forward. I mean, if the move to Minnesota is off, I don't know whether that means... Uh, um, so it's a, it's a difficult situation and it'll be interesting to see if that is the case what what could do with him now Peter I, I, I want to uh, talk about Rossi on the field how good how good is he uh, I mean if Boca is saying hey he's our goalkeeper of the future I mean he has to be pretty good right yeah he, he is and I think it's a bit unfortunate, really, because, um, you know, the first leg of the Copa Libertadores final, he was one of the people that, you know, even though he'd been under a huge amount of pressure um, leading up to that, the injuries that saw him then start the game. Um, he actually ended up being one of Boca's best players and people were coming out saying he, he was terrific and very unlucky then to be replaced by Andrade in, in, for the second leg once he had become fit again, because there was obviously that delay for the second leg after all the problems. Um, so he is a he is a good goalkeeper, um, and I think the the problem is, to some extent was that at 23 um, there were still a, a few errors, and I I just think once you've made a couple of errors for a club like Boca, if you're not a real established name, then it can be easy then under the spotlight for supporters to slightly get on your back and sort of say, okay, well we you know we've got a lot of money, we've got great talents all over the pitch, why do we have a guy who maybe isn't the best keeper in the league. Um, and I think that's the situation that it became just a bit difficult for him to, to be num considered number one. But that doesn't necessarily mean that he's a bad goalkeeper. As I said, he's only 23, which is, especially for a goalkeeper, is very young. Um, and has always been considered very highly when he came through. Um, first with Chacarita Juniors, um, moved to Estudiantes, where, again, he... He was very promising. Loan at Defensive Justicia, where he looked great. Um, and, you know, and you sort of looked at him then. At, you know, this is one of the top young goalkeepers in the in the country. So he kind of really earned his move to Boca at that point um, in 2017. So he is a good goalkeeper, a good prospect, um, and he, and I think he would have been would be a good signing for an MLS club. Put it that way. What would these moves mean for future Argentinian players? As you see, MLS is expanding. They're going after young, talented players. Obviously, Barco going to Atlanta United. But for the future of the sport in Argentina, is MLS viewed as a next step forward in a player's career? I mean, in, all, in honesty, it isn't yet at that point. I think it's seen as a, it's seen as a possibility for certain players. I mean, it... It varies between certain players. I think the Barco situation was was out was sort of outstanding because that was a player who was playing at one of the, the biggest clubs in Argentina, had just been instrumental in them winning a major trophy and was expected to go to Europe. So that was a shock. But I think some of the other moves 
or someone like Rossi um, perhaps wouldn't wouldn't be someone who European clubs are clamouring for. So you'd say, okay, well, in that case, um, it's not a bad move. I mean, it's not, the key anyway with a lot of these young players is how often are they playing? They need to be playing football. So the argument which I often make online when, when people bemoan the fact that an Argentinian young player is going to the MLS is that, well, look, you guys all want to see them go and play in Europe, but I'd rather to see them go and play in MLS and play every week than go to Europe and sit on the bench or in the reserves somewhere. So I think depending on the player can still be a good option. And, and certainly I think there's, there's other advantages to going to play in the US, which players, again, are sold on in terms of um, getting paid on time. So the admin side of things uh, is, a, is a selling point because in Argentina and South American football in general, is a, it can be a mess in that regard. Um, so to um, just safety in general, um, so the sort of quality of life and, and of course the money, I mean, getting paid in dollars, usually a, a, a good amount of money um, in comparison to a weak peso in Argentina. So that there are those other factors that play into players looking at MLS now as, as, a, as a real option. Um, and I think year or two that we get some examples of players that go to MLS and still end up in Europe after a couple of years then that becomes even more so that people will say oh hey look it's not even like the end of the road me admitting defeat by going to MLS it's actually quite a valid stepping stone so I think these this this increase in young players going to MLS um, really could could open the doors over the next year or so. I wanted to actually just touch upon Barco Peter I mean the reports that you know, Almiron isn't selling and Newcastle isn't biting on the offer uh, or on the asking price that Atlanta has. And that I think his agent said he had a couple offers from some teams who joined them in the summer. Is Has there been any talks that Atlanta, you know, might look to loan Barco to an Argentinian side uh, to open up room for uh, Pity Martinez to join the squad, to join the squad, and then sell off Almiron in the summer and have Barco rejoin them in the summer. Has there been anything in Argentina about a team potentially approaching Atlanta saying, "Hey, we'll take Barco on loan"? The only move in that sense was a few weeks ago, and as far as I'm aware, Independiente did did inquire about the possibility of taking Barco back um, on loan. But from what I understand, Atlanta shot that down. So w- whether that's changed in the situation they find themselves in would remain to be seen. I would have thought if Independiente still hadn't signed anyone in that position, then he would still certainly be on their radar. Um, but I think the situation in, in general is interesting and sort of highlights um, the difficulties with working around the DP situation in MLS. And um, it could be sort of a lesson learned um, in terms of negotiating that, you know, with Pitti Martinez coming out straight away after the Libertadores final and, and confirming that the deal was done, he was going to Atlanta, suddenly it made the sale of Almiron a bit more complicated because teams like you mentioned, Newcastle or, or whoever else in, in Europe who were looking for a, a cheaper deal would have been thinking, OK, well, it's a slightly different situation now because Atlanta have to sell. They can't keep um, three DPs and sign Pitti Martinez. So it became a bit of a standoff, I think, and Atlanta were like, well, hey, we're not budging on our price, but the other team's saying, well, but you have to at some point because you're going to lose him. So the Barco situation may come into it, um, whether or not, you know, that's realistic, whether they can do that, because I don't know 
if Argentinian clubs will be able to pay the same wages that he that he gets in the US. Um, so it's a difficult one that's going to to work out. I mean, certainly the signing of Martinez is a massive coup for for Atlanta, but it, it has created a headache, I think, for them now trying to sort out their DP positions for the coming season. Peter, last question before we let you go. I'm going to throw a couple names at you just to kind of uh, some names that have been linked uh, to MLS from Argentina. Names like Eric Adoy. I, I see he's been linked to a move to MLS. Now, there hasn't been a team mentioned uh, from the research I've done. Uh, there's also Ignacio Fernandez from River to LA Galaxy, possibly. Um, mm-hmm. Do you, what extra information can provide us uh, on, on those two names? Uh, should, will we see them playing in MLS come March or April? Uh, well, I mean, I don't have any information to say yes yes or no. I think um, Nacho Fernandez it, it would be someone who I think a lot of MLS clubs would look at, um, given his profile. He's at an age, I think, where, um, you know, he's, he's at a good age in terms of still with plenty to offer, um, but maybe at an age where European interest is on the wane. So, you know, I think that's a profile which is attractive to MLS clubs because you can get someone in that sort of mid mid to late 20s um, but still of real quality. Um, and, you know, his versatility in midfield and, and passing ability would make him an attractive option for an MLS club. Um, and certainly, uh, Guillermo Barrescalotto knows, knows Nacho Fernandez from their time at Gimnasia. So, um, you know, I think that could be... That could be one which has some legs. Uh, I hadn't been aware of Eric Godoy's um, interest from anyone, but you know he's he's a player that's moved around quite a lot. Um, still young, uh, fairly young, um, and is a good, versatile defender. Um, so again, he's he's someone who I could imagine fitting the profile for a lot of MLS clubs. Um, you know, he can play at fullback, can play centre back. Um, but he's a, is a a good solid option in in Argentina's Super League. So I think. Were, a, were an MLS team looking for someone to play in those positions, then Godoy would be a good option, and I don't think it'd cost a huge amount either. Well, Peter, thank you so much for joining us today. We just want to give you the opportunity to go ahead and plug uh, where we can find you on the Twitter machine, all the content that you write for, and anything else you would like to. Yeah, I mean, like like you mentioned before, yeah, Galasso Argentino is the Twitter um, and, and, the, and the site, so if you go to Twitter, you'll see any of the stuff that I'm doing, if there's like a podcast up or or anything like that, it'll be, you'll be able to see it on Twitter. Um, and yeah, that's the only place really you need to you see anything I'm doing. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Peter. All right, no worries. All right, Jake and Armand, there's so many different ways we can continue with this with this story now. Jake, you're obviously a Minnesota United supporter. You're up there in Minnesota. So the fact that the fan base has come out and said, we do not want Minnesota United linked uh, with this player, do not bring him whatsoever, you have to give some sort of credence to the fans for sticking up with some sort of principles because if you look at the NFL – uh, I think it was Sports Illustrated talked about how Kareem Hunt is linked with a bunch of clubs now and Kansas City let him go after there's video of him, you know, beating a woman and the allegations of that. Right, right. I mean, and we can't definitively say if the the statement that was put out by the supporters group, if that was the ultimate deciding factor on Minnesota United saying, you know what, we're not going to we're not going to push forward with this 
uh, we're not going to negotiate with Bocas anymore about for, for a loan for Rossi. So uh, I guess I guess now as a Minnesota United fan, I guess now you hope that they can find somebody who is as good as Rossi to bring in and supplant Bobby Shuttleworth as the number one goalkeeper. What, what do you think this this report out of Argentina saying MLS ultimately killed the deal? What do you think this this means? Well, I don't I don't know. Part of me kind of questions if there is something lost in translation there. I just think it's odd that the that the league would step in and say, "No, don't you can't this player we you can't sign this player when you know damn well in three years they're going to be doing backflips to sign Cristiano Ronaldo." But I mean, the the I mean the, the league has done it before, right? They've like axed Tam and stuff deals for like salary based reasons. So I'm pretty sure the league just has the autonomy to be like, "Yo, look." We don't either. We don't feel. My thing is, I don't think it was a leak. I honestly don't think they even know this is happening. Like, uh, I think that the that these, I guess, allegations resurfacing is the right word. Um, I think it came out of left field for the league. Um, and I wait, think wait, 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 wait. We have to be fair. These allegations are not something that has happened in the last six months or year. These. It's there's, two years ago, right? It's two or years ago. There's a there's I can provide a link if any listener tweets at us that there's a story about these allegations that says 2017 as the article date. Actually, it was I think January 30th, so almost two years to the date. So, the my question is if Minnesota knew these allegations were there, these are publicized. So either they were ignoring those, or they did not do their research and homework on these accusations of the player. So I was he, he he wasn't charged though, right? According to Peter, no. And um, the agent, this was reported. The agent's kind of crooked, right? Well, yeah, yeah. The the agent is a total crook, but the agent is going to provide some sort of document to Minnesota a couple days ago. This was reported that Rossi does not have a criminal record in Argentina. This uh, TYC Sports of Argentina has a what appears to be some sort of document. So the agent will present this to Minnesota United in the hoping of restarting talks of, of the move. Now this came uh, this it came out a couple days ago by Eli Hoff of SB Nation, who has a long blog there continuously updating on the situation. Now it seems to be, according to our source, who is very close to the club, uh, that it seems like Minnesota United has officially moved on. So uh, I guess the real question is, what decision made them move on? Was the supporters group letter a factor? And ultimately, don't think it's that big of a factor that the fans said anything because the clubs will do what the clubs will do. I mean, look at the NFL. <laughs> look at all the sign- signings they've made throughout history. Some real bad people have played professional football. So, And, and the fans have had mixed feelings about it. I, I think low-key Minnesota dodged a bullet in terms of signing a keeper that would probably be ridiculously expensive. Um, in terms of strictly roster moves, I if they need to improve the keeper position, I, I don't think this would be the right way to go about it, getting a keeper that, let's say you purchase him after the end of one, one year, he's over, the, he's over the TAM threshold. You can't buy him down with TAM, and you're stuck with a DP keeper. I think the one, the only DP keeper we've seen in MLS is Tim Howard, and look, we, we <laughs> like like 
like I, I think we all know DP keepers aren't really the best way to use the use money. I think there's plenty of talented American keepers uh, out there that just just need you know like a Zach McMath. Like you can acquire a Zach McMath from a squad. I know he just got traded. I forgot where to be honest with you. Um, but if you acquire a guy like a, like a McMath, he doesn't t- cost an international spot, and he won't cost you a DP or any target allocation money. I don't know. Just just my two cents. I think I dodged uh, a bullet just based on roster construction. Well, I mean, the, the they still have time to kind of bleep this up, though, because they we did uh, receive information that, that they still are looking for a goalkeeper, so I'd have to imagine that means... Dane St. Clair, be, come on, gonna, man! He'll, no, he'll be hanging out with uh, Steven and Madison this summer. <laughs> uh, I, I think they're going to go international still to find to fill that goalkeeper uh, spot. I hate it, because I think, spot. I think even... Portland just went international with the goalkeeper. And it's like, why? Like It's a wasted Which Which the MLS spot. Cup. You went to MLS Cup, and it wasn't because your keeper was bad. You didn't lose MLS Cup because your keeper was bad. Like, I don't get it. If I was an MLS GM, I'd do like 100 things different than half these guys. Well, there also, we go. Also, you want to hear a funny story about Mountie Lagos? Since we're talking about Minnesota United? Because I don't know why, but I haven't said this to many people. It's been on my mind. Yeah, well, um, we're talking about Minnesota United. So do you remember that game where there was a massive rain delay? Actually, I don't know if y'all remember, but I think Jake might. Uh, it was a big rain delay in Dallas. They're playing at Dallas. The game started like at 9 p.m. I, I don't think know if you so. remember it. Yeah. So we were we were sitting there uh, in in the press box as you know journalists do, just you know writing stuff. And I, I forgot who it was, but someone made a really errant pass in the middle of the park. And uh, okay, it was a bad pass, Minnesota United. Ten seconds later. You just hear that someone slam a table, and we look. We're like, what, "What's going on?" Uh, it was, it, um, and on the field, nothing had happened. Like, oh wow, like, like something significant happened. Nothing really had happened. Well, we look, and it's coming from a technical director spot <laughs> in Minnesota. Uh, he did this throughout the whole match. Every like, it would be a bad pass, and then five seconds later, something would just smash. Like in in, in in the thing, <laughs> it was just like, why are you delaying yourself five days? We're watching, you're watching a live game. It's not like you're watching a stream. And like, <laughs> it was just, it was just so bizarre. And he came out just looking like gas. Like, and I don't think Minnesota even played that bad to be honest with you. It was like a 2-0 loss. Like, I don't know. This is a funny story about Minnesota United from like the one interaction I've had with them. Well, there you go. <laughs> Listeners, follow us on Twitter, UncSamSoccerPod, at Armanka5 for the latest FC Dallas. Follow us, UncSamSoccerPod, for news regarding U.S. soccer in general, at Jake Wittroba, at Steven Jodrand. Uh Yeah, come back tomorrow. We'll be talking about the latest official club of MLS. In fact, the most hated team in MLS, and they haven't even played. Austin FC. <laughs>